the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Fresh, dynamic, and totally prepared. Here's Patricia Raskin with Positive Living on the leader in Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Information you need, when you need it, VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time to Voice America for True Life in God with Betsy Serafin. On the show, Betsy will talk about the importance of having God in your life as well as discuss how God is calling Christians to come together in the heart. So make it a point to tune in to True Life in God every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. In today's world, it's hard to find the truth with anything. Is there such a thing as the truth? Where and how can I find it? Will someone just give it to me straight? Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific for Mario Vidal, an exciting new show that will give it to you straight every time and tackle the truth behind everything from political issues and crimes to vocational and career counseling. So log on and tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. This is Dr. Pat Basile, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific to Voice America Health and Wellness for Staying Healthy with Dr. Elson Haas. Each week, Dr. Haas will focus on a different health-related topic as well as have on many expert guests that will give you many practical health tips that you can apply to your life. So tune in and improve your health with Dr. Haas and Staying Healthy every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific. Would you like to know what your animal kids are actually thinking and feeling? Well, then join Joy Turner and talk with your animals every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America. On the show, we talk about animal communication, life from an animal's point of view, and alternative ways to relating to your wonderful companions. You can even call in and have Joy ask questions of your pets. So be sure to join us for this fun, educational, and definitely unique hour of radio with Joy Turner's Talk With Your Animals, the show both you and your pets are going to love. Every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and rebroadcast at 10 p.m. right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, VoiceAmerica.com. Fresh, dynamic, and totally prepared. Here's Patricia Raskin with Positive Living on the leader in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. 
Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. I'm always happy to be part of Voice America's lineup because Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and so do I, and that's why I'm here. Positive Living brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. Call us at 888-335-5204. We're here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. Today we are talking about men. We're talking about men's behavior, particularly in relationships. My guest is a stand-up comic. He is written for many television shows and college campuses and corporate events and television. His name is Mike Dugan. Mike has spent the last several years touring his stand-up comedy act and performing the the stage version of his new book, which is Men Fake Foreplay and Other Lies That Are True. Welcome, Mike. Hello, Patricia. Thank you. That's quite the title, Men's Sake Foreplay. It's a grabber, isn't it? Boy. But uh, the foreplay in the title, the first line in Is that an X-rated title, Mike? No. It's only X-rated because the Republicans are in office. Uh, the first line inside the jack is, jacket is, it's not about sex. It's, uh, there's two definitions of foreplay, and the second one is actions or behaviors that precede an event. And I look at the possibility that foreplay is everything that a man does when he's not having sex with a woman, including even maybe building the character that he brings to the relationship what before he even meets her. This? Well, I've always, you know, I've been doing stand-up for 20 years, and I've always been fascinated with relationships and trying to get them work to work. And you know, I've had my failed relationships, and um, my stand-up has always been about men and women, and it's always been kind of like, you know, women have their idiosyncrasies, but they're pretty cool. You know, that's my point of view. Because male comics make fun of women, female comics make fun of men, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I kind of took the advocate's view of, you know, I, I like women, and how come we have such a hard time getting along? Mm-hmm. Maybe, mm-hmm. It's, uh, maybe it's some of the preconceptions that we bring to the relationships. Mike, do you think that being a comic, you know, having that humorous point of view, do you think it makes it easier for you? Uh, in a way, it makes things a little more complex because uh, I think it would be much easier to just look at things from one point of view. Uh, but I think uh, I think it makes it easier in a way in, for me to feel balanced because I think a sense of humor is a sense of balance, a uh, sense of proportion. I think a sense of humor is a sense of discernment of instantly knowing what's important and what's not. And I think, you know, with a sense of, you know, every guy hears that women want men with a sense of humor, and a lot of guys make the mistake of thinking that that means that women want them to tell them jokes. But a sense of humor isn't two Jews walk into a bar. It's a sense of perspective, of, of like I said, of, of knowing what's right, because I believe that women ultimately need to feel safe, and that's the best thing that a man can bring to a relationship. And a sense of humor is important because, you know, she knows that her husband's not going to throw a beer bottle through the TV if his football team loses, because, you know, it's really not that important. I think that's such a key thing you said, because I have found that that whole element of safety, and it's not just physical safety, it's emotional safety. 
Right. And, you know, and keeping your word and knowing that whatever is going to be said is going to be acted on. I think that whole thing is so important. Right. No bonehead moves. And, and, and then what will happen is a woman will react to the fact that a man isn't doing the right things, and then he can blame her for her reaction, which is really kind of a, a really invasive way to get out of taking responsibility for your behaviors. And I think guys don't even realize the impact that that has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, that, I would have to say on a personal note that I've been in that situation, and it's true because sometimes you'll react just out of what you're going through, and then you're yelled at because you're reacting that way, and then you become the nag and the witch and whatever other phrase is coming. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, or the B word that sounds like witch. Um, uh, that's one of the things that I say is, guys, you know, if you're irresponsible and she happens to notice it, that doesn't make her a witch. That makes you irresponsible. And then yeah, I, a lot of people don't see it that way, though. And that, but, but, the, but that gets them out of it. They don't have to take responsibility. Then it's your fault. Doesn't it make it easier for them, Mike? Well, it's much easier to blame the person you're with and to, to go deep down inside and realize just how dark and hollow and empty you really are. Sure. But if you want to, you know, if you really want to take a look at what it means to be a man, you know, the men that I respect don't blame. They assess and then they take responsibility. They look at what they can bring to their relationship. So what happens before, now this is positive living, remember, yeah. but what happens for those guys that don't take responsibility, they blame, does it catch up with them or do they just find somebody else and make that okay? Well, I don't know. There's two ways. Yeah, yeah, it catches up with them. It depends. It depends. I think that guys really have to get their butts kicked before they change anything. You know, I, you know, Meaning we, we they lose something. Well, we, no, well, see, we have this masculine mandate to know everything, even the things that we never learned. And we're also not supposed to show weakness. Mm-hmm. So the combination of those two makes, you know, I had to get when finally I had to get to the point where my, my butt was kicked and I was lying on the floor, you know, crying and drooling with a trail of work of, of, of hurt people in my wake before I was willing to believe that maybe living my life based on things I came up with when I was 12 isn't working for me anymore. <laughs> you know, and that's what happens. We start out with these preconceptions mm-hmm. at a young age about what women are, what girls are, what they're for, mm-hmm. and then we live our life based on bad information we got when we were 12. Where did we learn? We learned from other 12, 13, 14-year-old boys who haven't got a clue either, mm-hmm. or we learn from uh, Playboy or Penthouse or even, you know, today this pornography young men uh, young boys are are learning from is is mean spirited assault most of that stuff that's going out right now and kids are trading these tapes like baseball cards you know they, they, people they're not all right you know, all right mike let's let's move over to the other side of this sure what should men do well you can look at what you can bring to your relationships you can, uh, you know, step up to the plate and take responsibility. Listen to her more, for sure. Women say they want men to listen. That's for okay, sure. but what if, what if you're listening and you don't like what you're hearing? What if, in fact, she is critical? What if, in fact, uh, she's repeating herself ten times? How do you handle that in a way that, that opens the communication rather than closing it? Well, that's a tough one because guys will step up their aggression when a woman is in a defensive mode. And what we don't realize is that, you know, since since women are not as physically as strong as men over millions of years, they've come to adapt to rely more on their verbal and argumentation skills for survival. Mm-hmm. And so when we're messing, when we start arguing with a woman, we're messing with her survival instincts. Mm. That's why we, that's why it's hard for us to win an argument with a woman. So, you know, once you go toe-to-toe, there's, 
there's no winning. I don't know. You know, I find a, a sympathetic couple's therapist as a mediator is a good way to go, mm-hmm. you know, if there's tough issues. Mm-hmm. But, hmm. You're presenting in a very interesting light. I mean, you're making it kind of black and white in a way, which is interesting because you're saying, look, this is the way it is. It kind of reminds me of Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus, John Gray's book. You know, he's saying, look, guys are like this and women are like this, and let's look at that. Well, yeah, but I, but I don't think that we have to necessarily accept it. I, I, I'm calling more, mine is more of an assessment with an appeal for men to do better. I mean, the bar is so low, we live in a boys will be boys world, and last I checked, women want men. And, you know, we're, we're, we live in a world that is not designed to help men do the right thing. The world is designed to help men do the easy thing. And the right thing and the easy thing are rarely the same thing. All right, we're going to take a break. This is fascinating. We are talking to Mike Dugan, who's the author of Men's Sake Foreplay. Mike is an Emmy Award-winning writer, and he explores the issues in this book that block a man's ability to achieve romantic love and intimacy. The result is a thoughtful and revealing assessment of the male experience, filled with observational comedy at its best, and boy, that's for sure. So when we come back, um, Mike is going to talk more about what are the things we can do instead of blocking the ability to achieve romantic love and intimacy, how can we achieve it? You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. You can call us after the break at 888-335-5204. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to raskinresources.com. Information you need, when you need it, voiceamerica.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time to Voice America for True Life in God with Betsy Serafin. On the show, Betsy will talk about the importance of having God in your life, as well as discuss how God is calling Christians to come together in the heart. So make it a point to tune in to True Life in God every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. In today's world, it's hard to find the truth with anything. Is there such a thing as the truth? Where and how can I find it? Will someone just give it to me straight? Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific for Mario Verdad, an exciting new show that will give it to you straight every time and tackle the truth behind everything from political issues and crime to vocational and career counseling. So log on and tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to voiceamerica.com. Everyone, we are back. We're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. And just want to tell you that Voice America is always here. Uh, it's a wonderful website to go to. Um, SurfNet Media is the parent company, and there are three different stations you can listen to within that: VoiceAmerica.com, there is Voice America Health, and there's also Business America Radio. And I've been doing this show on Voice America for three years, eight years on my local show where I live. And I'm really dedicated to showing the positive sides of issues. So please tune in on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. And the rebroadcast of Positive Living is on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. There's still time to call us at 888-335-5204. My guest is Mike Dugan. 
He's the author of Men Fake Foreplay and Other Lies That Are True. Mike is an Emmy Award-winning writer, and he's a comedian, and he explores the issues that block a man's ability to achieve romantic love and intimacy. And Mike is performing right now in Las Vegas as we speak at Harrods. Welcome back, Mike. Thank you, Patricia. Can people go to a website for you? Menfakeforeplay.com. Okay. And it has uh, a lot of reviews and... We were we were talking before the break just about how um, you're saying men need to step up to the plate and do it better and communicate better so that they can have the intimacy they want. Tell us some more. Well, as, you know, I go through the book and I look at a, a lot of the things that are important to women. I, I set out to ask myself two questions. What do women want and what makes a man? And in the process, I discover that both questions have the same answer. Uh, you know, women will tell you what it is. If you listen to a woman, you can see what it is that they need. And, you know, and at first I go through the no-brainer stuff like, you know, women want commitment, women want communication. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a reason for all of these things. Mm-hmm. The commitment makes you feel safe. You can right. trust. You can relax. And if, you, if, you, if a man creates an environment of safety for a woman, for anyone in his life, then they can flourish. You know, it's guys who do that, who set out to do that and understand that that's what they can bring to a relationship, rarely end up with a woman who's a nag. What are the odds? Mm. You know, and communication is important because without communication, you're just, you know, you're two people in the same room. There is no relationship. So the safety issue is really key. That You're saying that a lot of the problems hinge on the safety. They become critical because they don't feel safe. Yeah, I think that's what happens with women. They're, they, know, they, don't get what they, they don't get what they want. You know, there's a section where I talk about uh, cheating and the damage it does when you cheat and then when you lie on top of it once she senses it. But uh, there's a, uh, you know, I, I, this is kind of an inciting incident in the book was that I, I cheated on a woman and I had no idea why. I went away for the weekend. Someone came on to me and my sex drive kicked in and it was like, uh, it was like my steering went out. Mm-hmm. There was a disconnect between what I wanted in my heart and what I actually did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, eventually I realized that, you know, me running from my feelings starting when I was 12 was part of it because your feelings are supposed to, you know, govern your actions. Mm-hmm. But we're told as boys that boys don't cry and feelings are for girls. But that stuff doesn't work when you're a grown man. It keeps you in adolescence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But providing an environment of safety, you know, the, the people in your life will flourish if you do that. That's such a key, and I think that I think we miss that. It's one of those core core principles in a way, because we're talking about, you know, when you think about the woman, you think about, oh, the romance and the flowers and the roses and all of that, but it's, it's deeper than that, and I think women can get very swayed by those wonderful, beautiful moments, and then they look for those. They may not feel safe. They may have problems in the relationship, but, gee, you know, remember the card that you got? Remember the flowers you got? Remember that romantic dinner? So remember that romantic evening with the candles? So talk about that, Mike, how that kind of well, kind of supersedes it in a way. And Well, I, I end up at a point, uh, once I surrender to becoming teachable, I realize that teachers will enter my life, and there was a, I was looking for a place to live after this breakup, and, uh, long story, but I met this woman, and she became kind of a mentor. She had been around the world, and she had been a successful actress in the 70s and had been with the jet set on the yachts in the south of France and had come full circle to realize that the only thing that matters is the way people treat each other. Mm-hmm. And I would ask her a lot of questions, you know, what do women want? And the, one of the main things she said is that the courtship should never end. 
She said, too many men think that once they have sex with you, that they own you, and they stop trying. Mm -hmm. And then the woman has to justify herself. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other thing she said is that there's men who like women and there's men who don't like women. You know, and if you're with a man who doesn't like women, you don't stand a chance. But how do you know that? Because they, they can hide that very well. How do you know that, Mike? Well, there's a couple of ways. You know, see what he thinks of his mom. Everyone knows that one, I think. But the other one, and I learned so that. So if he can't stand his mother and he thinks she's a witch? If he hates his mother, you don't stand much of a chance. Because mm. that's how he's going to see women. Mm. Um, the other thing is, and I learned this from watching comedians through the years, is uh, a great way to tell what a man thinks of women is to listen to the way he mimics a woman's voice when he's telling a story. That's a great little inside tidbit there, because I don't think it's not something that most people think about. But, you know, if he says, and then she said, wah, 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 whatever voice he's using is what he thinks women are. Interesting. That's a great little tip. Boy, for a comedian, I think this is some of the best insight I've heard, even better than some of the psychiatrists and psychologists, Mike. Good, thanks. Well, you know, it's, I've taken a very considered look at all of this stuff, and I'm, you know, I'm very happy with what I've been able to. I mean, it was it was a lot of work because but I didn't want to say it very simply. You say it very simply, and yet it, 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 it every the kernels are right there. Yeah, this is this was a challenge for me because it's humorous writing on to, what to me is a serious and important topic. So that's why. That's why it was a challenge. This isn't about guys leave the toilet seats up and women get PMS. This is, this, this is kind of a serious look at, really, what can we do better? What do you say to women and men that are going through rough periods, whether they're going through a separation or divorce or they've lost a the person they love? Do you have advice there? Or is that not in your book, Mike? No, that's in there, too, because, you know, like I said, I, after I broke up with this woman, uh, I was in so much pain because she left me. She said, you don't have the kind of awareness of yourself in order for me to feel safe. Mm -hmm. And the worst part was that I had to agree with her, mm -hmm. that I didn't know why I had done it. And, uh, you know, I was standing face to face with my ignorance. I, I, it shook me to the core of who I was, and I realized that the core of who I was wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a tough place to be because up until then I considered myself hapless and naive, you know. And but now I was hurting other people and I didn't want to do that. So I just kind of stopped everything and cried. I cried and I journaled. I would say journal. Write down your feelings. Because mm -hmm. I, I, I had this spiritual advisor and he said, you know, you should start writing down your feelings, mm -hmm. which is basically a way of telling a guy, why don't you start paying attention to what you do? Because it's so easy to just run through your life without paying any attention. You know, so many distractions. That's the world, the way the world's designed. Keep us in our appetites. But a man led by his appetites is a liability. That's what people don't get. Mm. Boy, this is fascinating. So, if women are listening to this today, which hopefully many are, what do you say to them? Uh, that they're not nuts. <laughs> you know, women... If a woman's ever thought, you know, what is his problem? And if they perceive this problem, that things are going on, they're not nuts. Because, you know, if a guy doesn't want to look at a problem that a woman's presenting to him, he will do anything he can to deflect looking at the truth if it's uncomfortable for him. Right. And he'll end up, you know, there's a point where naivete becomes ignorance. And then ignorance will become arrogance, and arrogance will bully itself, will bully others to keep people Well, arrogance, it. I think, is a big one. Don't you? Well, yeah, it, it keeps anybody, it keeps people out. 
Yes, and I think that that isn't that more common, um, particularly around men who are narcissistic. Do you talk about that at all? I mean, there's a whole group, branch of men who are just plain old narcissistic. Uh, well, yeah, there are men who admire themselves, you know, and those are the ones that are usually guilty of sexual harassment in the workplace too. They don't get the idea that making crude sexual references to a woman you barely know is overly familiar, you know, and then she's the one with no sense of humor. Hmm. So, so let's go back to the women. Sure. So what the women should do then if they're listening to this and they're saying to themselves, uh-oh, he's kind of saying some things that remind me of what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. What should they do? Do they sit down with their spouse? Do they go into therapy? What what advice do you have? Well, I think you got to look at how much willingness there is from each other. You know, I'm in a relationship now, and I'm fascinated by relationships, and I spend a lot of time thinking of it. But there's places where I come up short, and uh, I'm in a no-matter-what relationship. You know, we're, she has brought so much willingness to this. I've brought a lot of willingness to this, and I think that's the thing that really matters. If the person has willingness to honor how you feel or what you think or what your ideas are, if he's not willing to listen to it, I don't know what you can do. Maybe couples therapy. But, uh, you know, if, if the man doesn't value you as much as you'd like to, there's something like him to, there's something wrong, right? So um, I don't know. But I don't know that talking to your girlfriends is going to help all that much either. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the they just badmouth the person, right? Well, that'll happen, yeah. But, no, a lot of times a woman will just, you know, endorse your point of view, the woman's point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been times where I've been in relationships where I've, I realize that, you know, they, that, that the woman has the relationship with her friends and then gets back to me with, uh, the, with the verdict of how it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get back again to some of the things in your book in terms of the communication because you talk a lot about that. What else do you think men need to know in terms of communication? Really listening to what their partner is saying and listening carefully. Talk about that. Yeah, that's it. You know, my wife and I do a thing called active listening, which is, um, if, and, and also if we have a uh, an uncomfortable topic that we need to talk about, mm-hmm. uh, she's sensitive to criticism, I'm sensitive to criticism, so we do a thing where we make an appointment. You know, I'd like to make an appointment. Okay, when? Five minutes from now. Okay. <laughs> and we have the appointment. The other person says exactly how they're feeling. You know, like I'll say what I'm feeling. And Which might be, give us an example. Run us through it. It doesn't have to be your exact one, but give us an example. Uh, you know what, honey? Uh, okay, I'll give you one from her. Uh, you know what? I told you, you know, 15 times don't use so many paper towels. I'm, I'm, I'm making this up. Okay. Don't use paper towels. And when you when you keep using that many paper towels, it makes me feel like you don't listen to me. It may, and then I'll repeat all of that stuff back. And then at the end of it, I will summarize it and say, is this what you said? And she'll say yes. And then I say, you make sense, even if she doesn't. Okay. You make sense. And I imagine you're feeling uh, not – I imagine you're feeling not heard, uh, undervalued, uh, unimportant, uh, angry, frustrated that I don't listen. And then um, 
and then she'll say yes, and anything you want, I'll say anything you want to add, and she will or she won't, and I say, I'd like to respond, please. And then I respond, and then it's done exactly the same format in the other way, coming back in the other direction. And, uh, you know, as simple as it sounds and as much as, you know, you hate to go put everything in a box and do everything structured like that. It works. It works. It works really well because the stuff doesn't build up. Uh, you don't end up trying to explain things. And plus it doesn't give you – plus there's no room for dirty fighting in there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no room for, yeah, well, what about the time that you did? Well, yeah, of course you're like this, you know, because of, you know, yeah. all of that kind of stuff that you just lash out at that pops up out of nowhere from two years ago. Mm-hmm. When you get angry, there's there's no room for that. Mm-hmm. And I think the most important thing that that does is that it communicates a willingness to care about what the other person's doing. Overall, that's it, I think. All right, we're going to take a break, Mike, and when we come back, fascinating. We are talking to Mike Dugan, who is an Emmy Award-winning writer and comedian, and his new book is Men Fake Foreplay. He explores the issues that block a man's ability to achieve romance, love, and intimacy. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about Men Fake Foreplay and other lies that are true with Mike Dugan. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Cutting edge, challenging, stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Kevin Garnett, Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant. Today, more and more student-athletes are bypassing college and heading straight to the pros. Matt Bush, Freddie Adu, LeBron James. Discuss the benefits and pitfalls of going pro on the Sport Mavericks with Ida Moyer and Mama Starks every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Sport Mavericks provides straightforward, no-nonsense talk about the current and sometimes controversial topics facing student-athletes and their parents today. Agents want to make money. Schools want the publicity. The Sport Mavericks wants what's best for you. So whether you or your child is thinking about bypassing college or looking for the best university to showcase their talents, listen to the Sport Mavericks with Ida Moyer and Mama Starks every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Sport Mavericks, smart talk for parents and athletes. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lewis, and you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Would you like to know what your animal kids are actually thinking and feeling? Well, then join Joy Turner and talk with your animals every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America. On the show, we talk about animal communication, life from an animal's point of view, and alternative ways to relating to your wonderful companions. You can even call in and have Joy ask questions of your pets. So be sure to join us for this fun, educational, and definitely unique hour of radio with Joy Turner's Talk With Your Animals, the show both you and your pets are going to love every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and rebroadcast at 10 p.m. right here on voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet talk radio, you're listening to voiceamerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. Remember that we're on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And we're always on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. You can call us at 888-335-5204. 
My guest is Mike Dugan. He's the author of Men's Fake Foreplay and Other Lies That Are True. Mike Dugan is an Emmy Award-winning writer and comedian who right now is at Harrison in um, Las Vegas performing. In his book, Men's Fake Foreplay, he explores the issues that block a man's ability to achieve romantic love and intimacy, and he really talks about the male experience. And welcome back, Mike. Thank you. Let's talk about fear of commitment. How do we... Hey, you know, we, we really love this person, but we're afraid. So how do you, how do you work through that one? Uh, it's a really tough one because, we, you know, we've all been hurt. We all got baggage. And I think that's one of the amazing things is that we're still willing to believe that there's something out there. No matter how many times we've been hurt, we still believe that romance is possible because we've felt it, maybe not for a long time, but we know that it's there. And, uh, I, and I think no, new romance gives you this great feeling of hope. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the sense that anything can be done, that any, you can go anywhere. There's a positiveness about it. And then, you know, our behaviors get in the way, and then the next thing you know, the limitations become so repressive that you have to find your way out of it. Um, and I found that commitment, the thing that I learned most about commitment as I was writing this thing and as I've been going through this relationship that I've been in for five years, is that um, I had always thought that, you know, commitment meant simply not having sex with any other people. And I've learned through this process of the writing and looking at all of this stuff that commitment means a commitment to each other to do no matter what mm-hmm. to make things work. It's, to, mm-hmm. it's a commitment to a shared vision and to carrying, you know, my responsibility to maintain that vision with her. Uh, I think it's so easy for men to turn over the reins of the relationship with a woman and expect that she's going to be running it and steering it and guiding it and responsible for it. It's interesting you say that. I just interviewed David Wexler, who's a Ph.D. He has been recently on the Dr. Phil Show, and he wrote a book called Men Behaving Badly and Why They Do, and that's one of the things that he said is that what happens often is if the man abdicates responsibility, the woman carries the whole relationship emotionally. And then, of course, that sets her up to be blamed. Well, yeah, it's a section in the book I wrote called uh, The Warden. Uh, You know, you turn her into the warden. Right. And then you get upset every time you hear a set of keys rattling down the hall. Exactly. Uh, It's not not her job to keep you in line. Yeah, but then she gets used to it, and she does it because she's learned that's what she needs to do. Right, and also as boys, as boys, we never learn nurturing. You know, what's our experiences? What's my experience as a young boy? You know, I go out, play all day, come home, mom gets, mom has soup. You know, I get nurtured. That's my experience. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, once men can start focusing on things like nurturing the other people in your lives, which is important, but which we never hear. You know, nobody talks about that over burgers or hooters. Mm-hmm. You know, again, we get back to that the world is not designed to help men do the right thing. It's designed to help men do the easy thing. Mm. And, um, you know, face it, the world caters to men's appetites. So, so tell me, tell me, Mike, when do men wake up or do they? I mean, there are men that just they say, well, I don't need her. I'm going to find somebody who just thinks I'm perfect the way I am. And so they go into that for a while. So, you know, or do they? Or do they just, after that one doesn't work out, they go to the next one that thinks they're perfect for a while? I don't know. You know, there's a, someone once told me, there's, uh, if you always do what you always did, you always get what you always got. Mm-hmm. You know, you keep doing what works for you until it stops working. And, uh, you know, maybe 
some guy, you know, for me, that stops working after a while. I got to the point where I just said, hey, wait a second, I'm 35 years old and I've never had a healthy relationship. Maybe it's time to reassess the way I do things. Maybe what I think isn't right. You know, maybe there's things that I can learn. So, more advice for men. Let's talk about... Stop going to strip clubs. Okay. okay. They're not gentlemen's clubs. <laughs> Gentlemen. Like they're David Niven because they can stick a $5 bill in a stripper's G-string. Gentlemen, don't go to gentlemen's clubs. You want to be a gentleman, stay home and read to your kids. Draw your wife a hot bath if you want to be a gentleman. Is By the way... Is that part of sexual ethics? What's that? Is that part of sexual ethics in your book? You have I think the whole... Yeah, sure. I think the whole book is about sexual ethics. I think the, I think the book is about politics. I think because politics is about imbalance of power. I think there's an imbalance of power between men and women right now, and I think part, most of it is because we live in a culture that's designed to keep men living in their appetites. You know, we, we, we live in, you know, I think we have to master our appetites and our impulses in order to provide safety for the people in our lives, but we live in a media and advertising environment whose very survival is 100% dependent on men continuing to live in their appetites. You know, the world does not help men do the right thing. Mm. Which I know I've said three times, by the way. That's all right. So let's go back to the things they should do. They should read sure. to their kids. Uh-huh. Give, us some, give us some pointers. Well, there's, there's plenty of things that, that, um, that a guy can do as far as pointers. Um, you know, I think things that have worked for you. I, I think that it just comes down to values. I think it's about spending some time to think about, hey, what's important to me? You know, how important are my kids? How important is my wife? How important is my relationship? And versus how important are all of these distractions that I run into everywhere I go that look like they might be important or that maybe I thought they were important when I was 16 and they're not important anymore, but I just never realized it because I've got these remnants of a value system that doesn't work for me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I think it's about growing up. I, you know, men can live in terminal adolescence. All right. Let's talk about... Engagement rings. That's another thing you mention in your book. As far as commitment, sure. It's the first thing we, you know, engagement rings. That's what better to symbolize, you know, what diamond engagement rings. What better to symbolize marriage than the hardest thing known to mankind? You know, the diamond. The relationships are really hard. Do you know you get pronounced married? There are only two times in your life when you get pronounced. You get pronounced married. You get pronounced dead. I know there's a cynic out there saying, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. And I've tried, you know, I, I read a lot of the books, but mostly there's the women's books. Guys have two. One of them is called How to Pick Up Chicks. The women's books are like women who love too much, smart women, foolish mm-hmm. choices, women mm-hmm. who run with the wolves. Mm-hmm. Or, um, <laughs> my favorite one has got to be that women who love too much, because how self-congratulatory is that title? Hey, what seems to your pro- be your problem? I have too much love. It's over. It's overwhelming. It's it's unwieldy to have this much love to give. Oh, so it's not like you just keep picking the same kind of idiot over and over again. I was in a I was in a bookstore in Alabama, uh, the bookstore in Alabama. I'm in the pop psychology section. Woman's looking for a book. The woman who worked there was helping her. I thought it'd be funny. I said, "Do you have a book called Men Who Get Blamed by Women Who Think They Love Too Much?" This, this woman didn't miss a beat. She said, "You know, I'm looking for a book called Men's Feelings. I think it's in fiction." See, we have feelings. We just don't know what they are until two weeks after we have them. We're on tape delay. 
All right, Mike, tell us the things that you do in your relationship that work for men. I um, I say what I'm going to do, and then I do what I, do what I said I'm going to do. Okay. That's a tough one because I would love to just go, okay, honey, I'll do that at some point, and then uh, and then just it just falls by the wayside. So being accountable, I think, is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, is you know listening, stepping up, co-parenting. That's a big one for us. I've learned to look at the fact that I'm not helping her out with the kids when I do something. That's not me helping her out. That's me doing what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So there's a taking responsibility as a co-parent, as you're an equal parent, and this is what you're saying, like an equal partner. Right. As soon as I start looking at it like I'm doing something for her when I'm taking care of the kids, like I'm watching the kids for her. Mm-hmm. It's really not that fair because it assumes that that's what she's supposed to do all the time is watch the kids. So it's just me watching the kids. That's not that doesn't qualify as something I'm doing for her. Mm. All right. Well, what are some other things that that you feel that you do there that really have worked for you? How about special occasions and romance? Talk about that and what you do. Um, well, it's hard for me to give advice because I, I, I worked so hard in the book not to couch it as advice um, because I just wanted to share my experience. Some of my experiences are, you know, the flowers. She loves flowers, giving flowers for no reason. Um, on Valentine's Day, I bought her a, a dozen roses, and then I got a matching vase, um, a smaller vase with smaller baby roses for my two-and-a-half-year-old baby girl. Aww. So that was kind of neat. Um, she loved it. She, she said, Daddy, thank you. Yeah, no, I think all she was saying at that point was trust fund. <laughs> <laughs> I realized, well, she's three now, and I realized that the only difference between her and me now is that between me and a three-year-old is that my imaginary friends are naked. Yeah. That's, uh, that's you would be great. People listening to this, if they want to go hear you because you're so funny, where should they go, Mike? Well, this you know, I've been... advertisement for your stand-up. <laughs> Thanks. I've been making a transition from stand-up into theaters now because uh, the book is based on a one-man show that I've written, and I've been doing it at small theaters. I did it at the Edinburgh Festival in Scotland, and I did it in San Francisco. And now I'm about to move into bigger theaters. I'm doing a couple of performing arts center, centers, one in Albany, New York, one in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, on April 1st and 2nd. Um, and, uh, you know, five or 600 people in the audience. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the project that's coming to fruition for me now is that the book and the show are emerging at the same time. And, uh, you know, the show and the book are essentially um, about men – treating women, about the need for men to treat women better and the astounding absence of that voice in popular culture. All right, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we'll hear more. We are talking to the very funny, very delightful, very insightful Mike Dugan, who is the author of Men Fake Foreplay and Other Lies That Are True. Mike is an Emmy Award-winning writer and a stand-up comedian and a playwright, and he is exploring the issues that block a man's ability to achieve romantic love and intimacy and how they can turn all that around. 
You're listening to Positive Living. You can call us at 888-335-5024. We are here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific, and then we are here on Saturdays in the rebroadcast at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. You can also log on to my website, folks, which is raskinresources.com, and get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, and you can also listen to the archive shows on my site. The show will be archived. So, again, you're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to raskinresources.com. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to voiceamerica.com. Hello, this is Roy Goray, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Make Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dog. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. This is Dr. Peter Terms. I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Connecting your world, the Internet's number one talk and information station, voiceamerica.com. How does the idea of adding 20 years to your life appeal to you? Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for The Liquid Love Show with Louie Ma. The Liquid Love Show is about micromanaging your physical body so that you can activate all of your 66 trillion cells. On the show, you will discover the secrets of cellular renewal that bring about fully satisfying physical, mental, emotional, and sexual life, as well as teach you why people in China are living to be 100-plus years without any degenerate diseases. Once again, that's The Liquid Love Show with Louie Moss, every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. We're right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, on Mondays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And there's still time to call in at 888-335-5204. Welcome back, Mike. Thank you. My guest is Mike Dugan. He's the author of Men's Fake Foreplay and Other Lies That Are True. Mike is an Emmy Award-winning writer and comedian and playwright, and he explores the issues that block a man's ability to achieve romantic love and intimacy. You know, we were talking during the break about men in other cultures, for example, the U.K. and Ireland. 
I did an interview last night on my local show um, with a gentleman who talked about Ted Zepp about highly sensitive people. And he said, you know, in our culture, the person who is very highly sensitive, you know, with noise and who's, you know, not a type A personality, many, you know, and many times isn't is valued. I mean, it's, it's harder for the highly sensitive person, even though it's richer in a lot of ways. It's not as valued here where we look at competition and boys will be boys. Whereas he said in Asia, the highly sensitive child is very valued. The artistic, you know, the one that has highly tuned into their senses. And he said, in some ways, there's a cultural difference. And I'm thinking about that with men. Because if you look at the way that men and women's roles are defined in the UK and in Ireland, it's quite different from here. Oh, it's much different. Um... I think you were saying in, in, in Ireland that the woman's role is more like uh, it's the workhorse, yeah. for lack of a better word, yeah. uh, on the farm, and she wakes up early and, and, and cooks, cooks the breakfast. And, you know, growing up that way for a lot of people, it can't help but shape your perception of what women are. And uh, and so I think it's – and I always think that those kinds of things are very limited, you know. Well, women are this. Men are this. And as soon as you start to think in preconceptions, because that's the problem with relationships, is that our expectations are what screw it up. You expect that it's going to be a certain way, but the relationship is, you know, two people constantly growing, hopefully. And so any anything else, you know, any preconceptions you have of what men and women are cripple you in but, a way. But don't you think culture does play a role in this, because that's where you learn how to behave? Yes, absolutely, culture plays a role, and that's one of the reasons that I set off an alarm about what's going on in our culture right now uh, with uh, with the porning of America, and that's the most I'll say about that right now, oh. is there's a whole generation of young men growing up thinking that that's what women are for, and they're being shaped that way. And if you think violent video games um, you know, can affect the young boys developing psychology, uh, you know, take a look at this stuff that's available in mom-and-pop video stores, and these guys think that that's what sex is and that's what women are for. And nobody's offering an alternative and saying, and saying, you know, what about sex as, as, you know, as an expression of your humanity, as sharing your soul with someone? We don't hear that anywhere because the world is designed to help men continue to live in their appetites. And also that's harder to do. It takes more commitment. I mean, that, that whole making love is very different from sex, and that's harder to do. Think about it. Oh, yeah, it's a lot harder. You know, I, there's a line I have in the book where I say sometimes it's a lot easier to have sex with them than to look them in the eye for two minutes. Yeah. You know, most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Sex can be an escape from intimacy, and that's what's happened. That's a scary thought. So what are we going to do about all this, Mike? Oh. Uh, the next three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I think if, if there was any... Give like, us hope. Give us hope. Sure. That's if there was a message, and if men are listening, the message would be that... Just because something is what you've always done or is what everyone is doing doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. You know, there are a lot of ideas that we have about what women are and how they should be treated and how we should be entitled to certain things that don't work and that really if we sit still in the dark on the couch with no beers in our belly and nobody distracting us and no game on the TV, we know what's right and we know what's wrong. And to listen to the voice inside of yourself that says, you know, hey, this doesn't feel right. You know, there's a reason that I had a good dad who taught me, who put shame and guilt, the ability to feel shame and guilt in me, because those are the kinds of things that can direct my actions. But 
boys are taught not to pay attention to their feelings, but our feelings are what are supposed to fine-tune us. If we can't feel our feelings, how are we going to care about yours? And there comes a point where you just have to accept your feelings and they're uncomfortable. And you just got to go through it. You got to go through 20 years of accumulated pain and running from your feelings with the same underdeveloped coping mechanisms that made you run from them when you were 13. Well, but, that's owning your shadow side, isn't it? It's yeah, you have to face... See, there's a, the difference is that you have to face your vulnerability. Vulnerability isn't weakness. Vulnerability takes tremendous strength because it goes against everything that we're taught. You and know, people think that when you say, yes, I have this side to me, or yes, there are times when I'm like this, that you're weak, and that and, when, and what you're saying is you're not, and the way that makes you strong because you're willing to admit and face it. Right, it's a gentle strength. Superman has it. What's a better What's a better metaphor for idealized manhood than Superman gently cradling a baby in one arm and fighting off evil in the other? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a gentle strength that men that men can aspire to that you can you know that you bring. You know, it's vulnerability takes tremendous strength. All right. Well, we're, we have maybe a, a couple minutes left. Is there anything that you would like to leave men with and women with today in terms of a real hopeful message? Well, you know, I think that it can't get any worse. So I think that people are starting to look for an alternative and say, you know what, this really isn't working for anyone anymore. And the, I would say the thing that everybody can bring, and, you know, this is just one man's views, is to bring a willingness to listen to the other person, to bring a willingness to believe that things can be better mm-hmm. and that, um, you know, that that if a man admits his weaknesses, it's not a problem. But that can be applied not just in relationships with your spouse or with other, but with your children, at work. Uh, everywhere, yeah. There's a, there's, a, there's a surface pomposity that blocks people from other people that's going on right now. So just, but that wasn't positive, was it? No, so close with a positive <laughs> sentence, Mike. Um, live, love, celebrate, admire the woman, take some time to admire her feminine nature and her womanly wiles and the, even the way she puts on creams, even if it's taken too long and you're trying to get out the door. <laughs> you know, it's not, oh, here's what I would say, fellas, it's not about you and your sex organ. The world isn't supposed to revolve around it like a tetherball. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's been delightful. <laughs> thanks for having me. It's really been a lot. I mean, it, really what you're saying is just be more loving. Yeah, you see what you can more. give. And, 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 right, because when you give, you get. Yes. That's the, well, that's the thing that guys will, don't really get about women. If you give a woman things and you, make her, and you give the things that she needs, she, she will love you. And give it more and more back. Yeah, and if she's not, it's probably your fault. And by the same token, the woman can do the same thing. You know, yeah. it's a hundred hundred. It's not fifty fifty here. Yeah. The woman gives too. Thanks so much. Stay on the line. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Oh, he is terrific. Mike Dugan, author of Men Fake Foreplay and Other Lies That Are True. And Mike, it's the the website is um menfakeforeplay.com okay and Mike is an Emmy award winning writer and comedian he explores the issues that block a man's ability to achieve romantic love and intimacy and he also has performed extensively and now has written a play uh, the stand up comedy act and he's performing the stage version of Men Fake Foreplay alright next week we are going to talk to Dr. Larry Deutsch a Canadian physician with 30 years of experience in the field of medicine he's an MD 
and he works with counseling and hypnosis. He's the author of Stress Busters Audio Program, and he'll inspire you to take the first step toward better health and happiness. Again, Positive Living is on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. And if you missed that, try to be broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And if you miss all that, go to Rest and Resources. Log on in about a week, and you can hear this show um, in terms of the archives and my other shows and get a copy of my book, Pathfinding. So until next week, this is one of the loves of my life and the passions of my life is doing this program because as the bumblebee who pollinates through the airwaves, I spread all the good stuff for you. And that's what it's all about. It's about finding more love and joy and fulfillment in your life, and you can have it. You really can. Until next week, I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. Have a great day. Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com.